It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. How are you? Glad you're here. Coming up, something I guarantee will entertain and intrigue everyone. No matter what they think of Donald J. Trump. Your headline, Trump could be the most honest president in modern history. Which is a hell of a thing to say. <laughs> but I'll get to it, and I think you may be persuaded. Um, also, and we probably won't get to this today, but we'll get to it tomorrow. The, one of the New York Times editorial board members is uh, suggesting that the Democratic Party has to have an intervention to make Hillary Clinton shut up. <coughs> um, <coughs> among uh, my many beloved quotes from H.L. Mencken, and I, I have trouble finding what he said specifically. I've got to dig for it. One of his columns written many years ago. He suggested, uh, with a wink, as most of his writing was, that unsuccessful presidential candidates should be hurled from the top of the Washington Monument because um, if you don't execute them, they will wander the earth like some sort of evil specter for the rest of their days, radiating nothing but bitterness and resentment. And boy, if that doesn't <laughs> describe Hillary, I don't know what does. So, transition music, Michael. Transition music. Oh, I'm sorry, can you stop it? Do we have the transition music from lighthearted to more serious fare, Andy? Try to ease the, the jarring nature of, uh, of our transitions on the show sometimes. Any luck or no? Uh, no. Hold That's on all right. just a second. Uh, our, I think our... this is it. I was going to say, the inability to find the music actually reset the mood anyway, oddly enough. Uh, When that second trumpet comes in, that's something. So, hey, uh, have we posted this podcast yet, Hanson? Yes, we have. Executive producer Mike Hanson. We have uh, yet another of the Armstrong and Getty Long podcasts. People just raving about these. Oh, my golly. I'm just too modest to say that. But, yeah, they've been wonderfully successful, and many, many, many tens of thousands of people have have dug them, which is cool, and we love doing them. And we've got some really good guest ideas coming up. But uh, the one we did the other day is pretty serious. It is about, and, and I don't like the term human trafficking, because it sounds like civil engineering or, you know, a question of traffic management. It's extortion it's rape slavery it's the rape of children in many cases it's terrible and it is way more common than you might um than you might think and uh, i'm sorry hansen i don't have the last name of our guest i haven't memorized it okay opal singleton who is a well-known uh, activist on this topic has worked within and with law enforcement on these issues and uh, we want to play you a couple of clips um and uh, certainly you can seek out the whole thing if you want number one please our kids will be the first generation of young people that will be able to reach the entire world and the entire world can reach them literally yeah. almost six billion people and if you think of this 87 percent of kids sleep with their phone that's why i say it's a home without walls because at three in the morning in their underwear in their most vulnerable place, a total stranger can come in and access, groom, recruit, and exploit your child. And so it is all about to change because this is the generation that while there are exciting things for them to do, no one is talking to them about how 
literally it's a world without borders for cartels and pedophiles and organized crime and how they use that to make that happen. And it's much more than snatching up your child or inducing them to run away or they don't have to leave your home to get sucked into this stuff. There are all sorts of different um, extortion schemes where they get to do your kid, get your kids to do things that they normally wouldn't. And then then they've got them because then your kid feels really guilty and isolated. Then they really exploit them. It's terrible. Uh, let's hear clip number two. Basically, it's live streaming. Oh, and I think asked, about I'm sorry. This. Can we pause that? I asked what is vaporware, which is something she makes reference to. Go ahead. Sorry say because unless they're in the room and seeing what you're doing then they can't stop you in vaporware it's basically like live streaming it takes us as law enforcement 12 hours to get a search warrant vaporware is gone in 10 15 20 seconds and uh, to give you an understanding of how this looks there's a new uh, technology which is great technology by the way it's not the the technology it's called live.me And in that, you live stream, and you can gather a large crowd, and they can talk to you, and they can reward you with virtual coins. It won't be long till they'll be giving you real money. And a recent case, this little girl's nine years old. She's twerking. Thank you, Miley Cyrus. Oh, boy. Anyway, and pretty soon she has 90 coins as they're rewarding her, and she's stripping. Mom and Dad are nowhere around. By the time Mom and Dad walked in, she's twerking naked and had over 10,000 views. And that's why we call it vaporware. Unless you're there when that happened, unless somebody freeze-framed it, it's over and it's gone. But that is how... Uh, pedophiles get those photographs and sell them in child pornography rings. And she goes into a little more detail um, about how your kids or kids in general can get uh, maneuvered into uh, unsavory uh, activities, whether just images of themselves or eventually actual activities. And the one thing that really impresses about Opal is that she and the people she works with, she's the president and CEO of Million Kids. It's a nonprofit designed to keep kids safe from predators. They really, really understand kids and teenagers and their psychology and their needs and the way evildoers exploit that psychology. As I was taught my kids, bad people are really good at their job and their job is seeming like good people. So, Learn to understand the signs of somebody is trying to do something that's not right. You can't rely on, oh, they're being nice to me. Because that is the number one skill of, of people who would do terrible things. Um, and, and she talks a little bit about child psychology and, and getting roped in in uh, clip number three. So important here is that this happens even in the best of families. Two-parent households, even your higher-end families will often have better equipment and their kids are playing in the dark web, and you won't know about it. And so what you're seeing is any kid that has excess time on the social media without supervision is the first child that's going to be easily sucked in. And so it it is just absolutely critical that we educate parents and we educate kids. And I can tell you, if you talk to kids, they listen. Uh, I just trained 1,400 of them in an assembly recently, and we talked about this Momo game that where kids are killing themselves all over the world. And it was amazing. None of the teachers, none of the principals knew about it, but at least a third of the kids in that audience knew about it. That is interesting. 
and and you know momo is exactly the same kind of thing it's basically you know they suck you in with a virus they this half woman half chicken pops up on your phone all over the world this is happening and they tell the kid you want to play a game of dare and uh and so the kid can't resist because all of a sudden a, a calculator comes on the phone they say just pick a number any number the minute they pick a number they have a virus that goes into the kid's um photo album and also their uh address book and so as long as they play the game of dare the kid thinks they're okay the minute they try to quit playing they go wait a minute isn't this you and your naked girlfriend and isn't this your address book because this photo is going on this address book to everyone you know if you stop playing and literally kids all over the world what happens is in 12 hours or less, someone they've never met has come in and put them in such a shame state that some of the kids are actually jumping off buildings. Yikes. So anyway, if you're interested, concerned about that topic, it's really interesting and revealing. I would definitely listen as a parent or, you know, if you're a, you know, a young person who just, just digs the heck out of talk radio, um, listen to it. It's really revealing and, and it's you know, one of the things we get into is there is a tremendous amount of slavery going on right now in your town, in your state, in the United States, and all over the world. If you are, like, troubled by slavery, uh, with all due respect to American history and the terrible damage, et cetera, and I don't deny that for a second, there is slavery going on right now that you can fight if you're into that sort of thing. Anyway, that's... Uh, Available wherever podcasts are given away for free because we're stupid. Donald J. Trump is the most honest president in the modern era. So says a writer. Somewhat hilariously, what's his point? We'll get to it next. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of, of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Thanks for the old 97s, Michael. I don't have a favorite band. There are too many bands I love, but if I did, they might be it. They're one of them. Seen them at the Fillmore, and I can't remember when that show is soonish. Uh, thanks for tuning in very quickly. Before we get to Donald J. Trump being the most honest president in modern history, Shoshana Weissman, who works on this sort of thing, uh, occupational licensing, anti-competitive laws, points out that the Louisiana floristry exam, that's the one to be a florist to sell flower arrangements, had a lower pass rate than the Louisiana bar exam. Blatantly anti-competitive fixes in bribing of legislatures uh, licensing laws are one of the great injustices in America. So this is uh, Mark Tyson who writes for the, uh, is it the WAPO? Yeah, the WAPO. He's an editorial guy, columnist. 
<laughs> the first two sentences of this are guaranteed to gratify and horrify everyone listening, which is something. I want to get to know Mark, because that's a gift to be able to do that. <laughs> Here are your first two sentences, and tell me whether you are not, at some point, both gratified and horrified. Donald Trump may be remembered as the most honest president in modern American history. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, Trump lies all the time. There you go. Something for everyone. He said that he enacted, and, and be patient. All of ya. All y'all, as they used to say back in, uh, like, working class Chicago. <clears throat> He said that he enacted the biggest tax cuts and reforms in American history. Actually, they are the eighth largest. And that our economy is the strongest it's ever been in the history of our country, which may one day be true, but not yet. In part, it's a New York thing. Everything is the biggest and the best. (laughs) I saw a comedy sketch once where, was that Letterman, the old Letterman show? Where a guy was going uh, into, oh, no, 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 no. It was, it was, God, Will Ferrell, an elf, where he sees a sign uh, says world's best cup of coffee. Oh right, <laughs> right, and he goes in and he gushes. Oh my God, congratulations! That is very much a New York thing. But when it comes to the real barometer of presidential truthfulness, keeping his promises, Trump is a paragon of honesty. For better or worse, since taking office, Trump has done exactly what he promised he would. He kept his promise to move the U.S. Embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, something his three immediate predecessors also promised to do but did nothing about. Didn't even try. He promised to crush and destroy ISIS. Two years later, we're on the verge of eliminating the Islamic State's physical caliphate, which is key to their uh, appeal in the wackadoo extremist Muslim world. He promised to impose a travel ban on countries that he saw as posing a terrorist threat. And after several false starts, the final version of his ban was upheld by the Supreme Court. He promised to punish Syria if it used chemical weapons on his people. And unlike his immediate predecessor, he followed through not once, but twice. Trump pledged to nominate Supreme Court justices in the mold of Antonin Scalia. And now Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh sit on the high court. Trump pledged to fill the federal appellate courts with young conservative judges. So far, the Senate has confirmed 29 more than any recent president at this point in his administration. He vowed to pass historic tax reforms, signed the first major overhaul of the tax code in, in three decades. He vowed an unprecedented regulatory rollback with a strict policy to eliminate two existing regs for every new reg. In his first year, he achieved $8.1 billion in lifetime regulatory savings. That sort of number is really difficult to settle on, but it's billions of dollars worth. Um, During the campaign, he told African-American voters, who I believe someday will understand the fraud that the Democratic Party has perpetrated on black America. It's a personal note. But anyway, during the campaign, he told African-American voters, and I quote, What do you have to lose? I will straighten it out. I'll bring jobs back. We'll bring spirit back. And on his watch, African-American unemployment reached the lowest level ever recorded, and his tax reform included a little-notice provision creating opportunity zones to try to revitalize struggling towns and inner-city communities. Um, Now, some of y'all might be saying he's inherited the momentum of the Obama years, and we'd be going this well, um, even if he hadn't changed a bunch of policies. I think you're wrong. But there's enough truth to it, I might as well tip my cap to it. Every president gets more credit and more blame than they deserve uh, on the economy. 
And and this is this is really quite amazing. And I apologize for reading a list to you, but after a while, the bulk of the list is the point. He promised to cancel the clean power plan, to withdraw from the Paris Climate Accord, to approve the Keystone XL and Dakota Access pipelines, open the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge to ex- oil exploitation. I'm sorry, exploration. He fulfilled all of those pledges. He kept, de, 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 de. He, that's right, George. He kept his promise to, oh, that's that's not George, that's Trump. Right, okay. He promised to withdraw from the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which I think was a mistake, but he promised it and he did it, and imposed tariffs on steel and aluminum, which I think is a little silly. He committed to rene- renegotiating NAFTA on the trail, and he's done it. That was good. In the U.S.-Korea Free Trade Agreement recently signed new deals with Mexico, Canada, South Korea. He committed to imposing tariffs on China to force it to open its market and stop its theft of intellectual property and is following through on that pledge, whether you like it or not. And I like it. I think it's great. Our trade relationship with China is completely screwed up. It's all based on a decades-old notion that China is a poor, struggling, emerging economy. And there's still some truth to that. But... um they're also an economic colossus, and they don't need crutches anymore because they, they keep whacking us in the head with their crutches. China. That's right, Mr. President. He pledged historic increases in defense spending and delivered. Pledged to bring back manufacturing jobs, and manufacturing jobs are growing at the fastest pace in more than two decades. He pledged to sign the right to try legislation that we've gotten behind to give dying Americans access to experimental treatments. He did it. He pledged to take on the opioid epidemic and will soon sign a sweeping bipartisan opioids package into law. I believe that package will do very little good. I hope I'm wrong because it's a scourge. It's a it's a nightmare. It's a disaster. But he said he'd do it, and he has done it. Promises not kept yet, like building the wall or repealing Obamacare, hasn't been for lack of trying. In a few rare instances, he has backtracked on a campaign pledge, like complete withdrawal of U.S. forces from Afghanistan. He's reversed course, which I think he kind of had to. Um, But crazily enough, for a guy who says all sorts of wild crap that's not true and, and behaves like a New York real estate promoter when he's the president, which bothers the hell out of me. I, I just he, he makes me crazy. But. If he says he'll do something, he's probably going to do it, which I think is remarkable, a remarkable record of presidential promise keeping, for better or worse, depending on who you are and how you view the world. Blood at the chief, he's the chief, and we all love him. <laughs> bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, 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 the chief, he's coming in the room, here he comes, hail to the chief. <sighs> Marshall Phillips, what had the news headlines have you prepared for us? Well, we got another twist in the U.S. reaction to the Khashoggi story. Not another twist. Another twist. Too many twists. Trump threatens to send the military down to close the southern border, and it's been a while, but we have a new coffee cure-all or oh, killer God. study for you. <laughs> Stop it. All right, the news is next. Don't go away. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show.
Thank you for being here. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Jack is uh, ill this morning. I hope he will be back tomorrow, but right now, Marshall has the news. Well, we've got more fallout prompted by the disappearance of Jamal Khashoggi. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin is pulling out of a planned investment summit in Saudi Arabia. Oh, that's big. Yeah. That's big. He made the announcement on Twitter today after he met with President Trump and the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, about the missing journalist. Man, I'm missing some of the math here. I realize it's outrageous to disappear a guy and the rest of it, but people die over politics in the Middle East all the time. In fact, there was just a a giant attack in Afghanistan. Yes. Um, God, we're leveraging the Saudis for something. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Meanwhile, Pompeo is saying the Saudi leaders are clear the U.S. takes the disappearance of the Washington Post columnist very seriously. Outside the White House, Pompeo said there are a lot of stories out there about what happened to the journalist. He's saying a Saudi investigation will hopefully reveal the truth relatively soon. I told President Trump this morning that um, we ought to give them a few more days to complete that so that we, too, have a complete understanding of the facts surrounding that, at which point... We can make decisions about how or if the United States should respond. Is it as simple as this? I see the guy as a former Saudi insider. He's an Islamist. He's a big supporter of the Muslim Brotherhood. Buddies with the Osama bin Laden back Mm -hmm. pre-9-11. Saudi citizen, obviously. I don't see him as one of ours. Is it as simple as a lot of people see him as one of ours because he lived in Virginia and he wrote for the Washington Post occasionally? Well, he supposedly moved to Virginia because he thought that the Saudis were cracking down on journalists in the free right. press way too much. That's that's the story that's floating around. Yeah, well, yeah, he's not quite that guy. Right. But um, is it as simple as a lot of people see him as one of ours? Is that it? I feel like that's that's at least 40% of it yeah. in okay. terms of why this guy above others and the fact that it may have just been kind of don't let a crisis go to waste. One of the oldest rules in politics, right? Oh, this has gotten the attention of right. a lot of people. We right. can now use this yeah. as leverage for some unknown goal from the if, Saudis that we don't understand But yet. see, that's got to be the explanation because the idea that the Saudi regime, regime offed somebody that was uh, opposing them and stirring up trouble is please... That makes it Thursday. That's not news. Um, so, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm missing one fact somewhere. But I'll bet it's that uh, old MSB is is a wackadoo and we don't want him in charge. President Trump says he will not hesitate to close off the U.S.-Mexico border. He had a series of tweets this morning where he said the Democratic Party's leading an assault on the country with their support of open borders and weak laws. He spoke about the thousands of migrants moving toward the U.S. as they caravan from Central America through Mexico. Those migrants ought to call themselves the turn out the Republican vote caravan. Because is that if they get closer and closer and it gets bigger and yeah. bigger news, yeah. we get closer and closer to the election. Very true. One of uh, Trump's tweets ends with, I must, in the strongest of terms, ask Mexico to stop this onslaught, and if unable to do so, I will call up the U.S. military and close our southern border. We'll definitely be examining how practical that an idea that is. In other news, we've got a fire burning in an underground natural gas storage area in the San Francisco Bay Area, and officials are working frantically to empty the natural gas from a nearby Chevron pipeline after some 4,000 residents have been evacuated. Crews are purging gas from the pipeline. 
and they say they'll then inject nitrogen, which will extinguish the fire still burning in the underground vault. That is obviously a very serious situation, and we hope and pray no one is hurt. Um, But I will be using the phrase purging gas from my pipeline in the future. All right. I know that you've been waiting for it. I get an email every now and again about this. We do have a new coffee study for you today. Oh, boy. Oh, hallelujah. Is coffee the cure-all or the killer? It turns It's one out, of them. It turns out that <laughs> Brown University researchers have found drinking four cups of coffee a day is good for your skin. Yes! For, for my skin my specifically. Skin. Yes. Okay. Your skin. My it, liver will shut down, but the skin is fine. Right. It reduces... I'll have cancer of the everything, which is very rare. <laughs> but my skin will be soft. It reduces your risk for rosacea. It's a fairly common disease that causes the skin to look all red and flushed. Currently, no cure for the conditions... Dermatologists still aren't sure exactly what causes it. The researchers think drinking coffee likely lowers your risk of the disease because coffee is anti-inflammatory properties and narrows blood vessels. Ah, I see. So if you're suffering from the embarrassment of rosacea, yes. drink coffee. <laughs> my, my recommendation, keep drinking however much coffee you've been drinking. You're probably fine. <laughs> Study getting national attention right now. ESPN reporting NFL owners and analysts not impressed with the Chargers' future revenue projections. Yeah, why? Because they yanked a beloved franchise yes. from its longtime home. Yes. Toted it over to a city that doesn't want any football teams, much less two of them. And the other one happens to be really, really, really good right now. Right. They're doomed. Doomed. You stay classy, San Diego. Chargers have a trouble filling their temporary stadium with Chargers fans now. And their major concerns are going to fall even shorter after they moved their brand new stadium in 2020. Because oh, yeah, their temporary stadium is a fraction of the size of what most NFL stadiums yes, right. actually are. Yeah. All right, here's the deal. I'm going to buy land in in the San Diego area. I'm not yeah. precisely sure why or where. I'll have to get on Zillow. And, I want in on this. And uh, I'm going to buy some land. Yeah. We're going to mark up a football field, get some goal posts. I'll bet we can get them donated or something. Probably. Have a GoFundMe page. We'll put up goal posts in some of those aluminum stands that they have at like a small high school. Sure. We'll use those ticket sales, and the Chargers will play there. Now, we'll, maybe it'll be like a big high school stadium. <laughs> we'll use those ticket yes. sales in the offseason to expand it. And it's going to be a, like a Lego stadium. Every successive se- uh, season, right? we will self-fund the growth of the stadium. Until, in the year 2026, we got a 45,000-seat stadium in beautiful San Diego, where go. the Chargers ought to be. And, and it'll be like uh, the Green Bay Packers are owned by the community. Did you know that? I did not know yeah, that. They, that. They're owned by wow. the people of Green Bay. And that's what the charges will be. And I will lead the charge for the Chargers. Dodgers top the Brewers. I demand the right to call like three yes. plays a game. <laughs> Every game. All right. I want you to send all the receivers all the way down. <laughs> you heave it as far as you can right now. And they would have to obey. That's my own. I'll do all of this on a volunteer basis. Except for that. Dodgers top the Brewers 5-2 to two at home in L.A. Punt. Punt now. It's first down. <laughs> I like punting. I like seeing the ball fly. Punt. 
They've got a 3-2 lead in the National League Championship Series. Game 6 will be played Friday in Milwaukee. And the Red Sox defeated the Astros 8-6 in Houston. They got a 3-1 lead in the American League Series. Boston's Andrew Benintende made a diving catch in left field with the bases loaded for the final out. Swing and a line drive left field. Benintende coming on, dives, and did he make the catch? He did! He got it! The Red Sox win! <laughs> the Red Sox win! As I just went head over heels in my chair. Joe just fell down. <laughs> Oh, wow. What a catch. That's a that was quite something. He literally <laughs> fell out of his chair. That's beautiful. All right. <laughs> Sounded like you got in a fist fight with the microphone. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Oh, the, now the windows. <laughs> All right. Stop it. Stop it. This is childish. We keep that bald eagle chained to the studio to symbolize freedom. It's not for you to play wacky little sound montages, Michael. I think he was so hurt from earlier. He just didn't make it quite high enough. And I've asked you to stop. Now I'm telling you. The petering out is next. Final thoughts and uh, a thought starter from Lord Voldemort. Stay with us. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Greetings, friends. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Quoting Lord Voldemort. And I'm not afraid to say his name. There is no good and evil. There is only power and those too weak to seek it. BJ from SF writes, is good and evil subjective? Discuss. <laughs> I'm sorry we're out of time. The answer is yes and no. Back to me. That is the subject of all of the great philosophers of human history. That is at the root of the design of all laws, regulations, the rules of soccer. (laughs) That is the question, BJ, and we thank you for posing it. Oh, I am aware that there are a couple of ballot measures already uh, dealing with getting the Chargers back to San Diego. Um, On the other hand, they do not include my benevolent hand on the till, so they are clearly inferior. Plus, my proposal includes, and this is odd for me as a libertarian, it includes the confiscation of the team by force from the Spanos family and them being ridden out of town on a rail, literally on a rail, Old-style frontier justice. How much fun would that be? In these divided partisan times, that would bring everyone together. No tar and feather. That's illegal. It's terrible. Kills people. The self-driving car crashes that usually make the news um, are usually the self-driving cars getting rear-ended. In September of this year, for example, three self-driving cars were sideswiped, well, rear-ended or hit by other people. 
Another three were rear-ended, one of them by a bicycle. That's not even the strangest one. In June, a vehicle operating by General Motors' self-driving arm got bumped in the back. It was a Chevy Cruze self-driving, got uh, rear-ended by another Chevy Cruze. That's kind of funny. Um, Since the regulations that uh, the most recent regulations took place in 2014, the DMV in California has received and published 104 autonomous vehicle collision reports, including 49 so far this year. As more and more hit the streets, I had no idea there were that many. Um, And they hinted a conclusion similar to what anecdotal evidence suggests, that these vehicles drive in ways humans might not expect and might not want them to. Uh, Drilling down on the data shows that autonomous vehicles being rear-ended accounts for 28 of the 49 filed reports, nearly two-thirds of them. Next is sideswipe collisions with pedestrians hitting objects and other all trailing behind. Um, the computer was in charge during most of the crashes. Um, it, it seems like herky jerkiness may be the problem. So one of the, the they thing- don't avoid problems the way humans do, and they also don't interact in kind of the the fudging of the laws that a lot of humans will as well, right? Like yeah. the, the rolling stops or the you know just kind of those sort of. Things that humans assume other humans do, but when a when a automated car comes to a stop sign, it's full stop all the way every time for a full second. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, that's the interesting part of this is that we have built into us through you know days, months, years, decades of experience driving certain expectations that we don't even understand that we have, and the self driving cars don't act like humans. They don't accelerate at <laughs> yellow lights, yes. that sort of thing. I mean, it just went yellow. Um, We're not going to... Oh, this is an expert on uh, the Ford Center for Autonomous Vehicles. Uh, We're not going to make vehicles that break laws just to do things like a human would. If drivers are aware of the fact that AVs are being lawful, and that's fundamentally a good thing because it's going to lead to safer roads, then I think there may be a better interaction between humans and AVs. So we need to change, not our robot overlords, huh? Um. They do suggest one easy change, though, to label them clearly as uh, autonomous vehicles, AVs. It'd almost be like the student driver sign. Exactly. Which I appreciate. Yeah. If you're doing 25 and a 25 and you're a student, I get it. I get it. Not talking school zones. Slow down for schools. Final thoughts with It's beautiful. Let's get a final thought from everybody to wrap up the show. Michelangelo, what's your final thought? Yeah, trying to sp- uh, decide whether to spend $2 on the office lottery pool. I just don't want to be on the news as a co-worker that didn't play and he can't retire now. Oh, All right. Oh, fear of missing out in reverse, kind of. Yeah. Marshall Phillips, your final thought? All right, my friends, I want to give you a heads up because minutes from now at 1018 this morning. And there was the earthquake. 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 We're experiencing an earthquake. Earthquake. Please. Still happening. Great American shakeout earthquake drills all over the west and the rest of the country this morning. Tenth anniversary for you to practice to drop, cover, and hold on. Yeah, Sounds like my Saturday night. Uh, positive Sean, <laughs> final uh, thought? Uh, yeah, Positive Sean blog. It's not just all stock tips and me <laughs> reacting to comic book movie trailers. 
There's also this handy download or, or this handy guide on how you can download a copy of everything Apple has uh, gathered, all the data Apple has gathered on you. This past week, they allowed it, so now you can see what that is. The oh. guide on how to, how you can do that and find out what they know. Positive Sean blog at armstrongandgetty.com. Well, that sounds like a fun click. Uh, my final thought is that an hour into pot being legal in Canada, uh, some people got busted for smoking in their car, which apparently is illegal, and got fined $515. An hour into legality, somebody did something illegal and got busted. Don't you mess this up, Canada. <laughs> the Mountie rode up on their horse in their <laughs> fancy red suit, dragged them out of their car. Armstrong and Getty. Wrapping up another yeah. grueling four-hour workday. Uh-huh. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. If there's something you see we ought to be talking about, send it along. Y'all are great at that. Armstrongandgetty.com. It's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. We will see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. Yeah, we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. And the show's over. What? Bye-bye. He got it! The Red Sox win. The Red Sox win. I just went head over heels in my chair. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.